and good evening thank you for joining us my fellow lovers of love on this excursion down ah, i butchered it the river of it's a stream of consciousness, consciousness towards the river, river of love no it's the river Rude. of something uh towards the sea of love all right i need a dollar bill for that one that night you, you, you didn't even get the first <laughs> sentence out i heck? butchered it right at the very first thing i didn't even which start just right. goes to show what kind of a week you've been having my honey has not had a good week but that's the thing though we sit here, we say, we, I haven't had a good week. And from one perspective, this is true. It's... It's... Been, okay, okay, wait. It's, it's been, been a rough. It's I, been I, a rough. I've had a rough week. And You've we'll, had challenges. And, and we'll talk about it. But in the grand scheme of things, from, you know, historical perspective, I put on my, my perspective glasses, from, you know, kind of... The situation I find myself in and having to deal with this, I am insanely lucky. And not only that, you know, I was thinking about it just a little while ago. It could be much worse. Could have been much worse. Yes. I actually think we short-circuited something that actually could have grown to much worse. Which we'll okay. talk. Okay, okay. We'll talk about it. If... Okay, so instead of being, so before we go get started here every day, I apologize. Um, today's topic, we're, we're talking about human sexuality, and I am going to apologize to my friend. The reason we're talking about human sexuality, because we've got two different discussions going on here today. There's two different things happening in today's show, right? There's kind of me dealing with the, with the week uh, and moving forward and kind of an underlying topic, but then there's today's topic of human sexuality. And my, a friend of ours, in our political circle, so to speak, she wrote a book. She's a sex worker and a sex worker advocate. And so, she, but so she's written a book, and it came across a timeline. And how these things work in my mind is, hey, we should have her on sometime and talk about kind of the relationship issues with being a sex worker and an adult film actress and all those various mm -hmm. kind of things. It'd be interesting dating and trying to work out the relationship issues but because this week has so been so shall we say up in the air I didn't get anything done about even talking to her about coming on or anything like that so we didn't get it done but I did want to mention the book because that's where the whole tonight's topic started and her book will be out shortly it's called Sexual Liberty by I'm going to butcher her last name because all I know about it is that I pronounce it wrong. Well, what is it? <laughs> it heard, it's Chase... I don't know how to pronounce it. All I know is what I think spell it is. Spell it. Spell it. T-K-A-C-H. Okay. And I've heard it once. I've heard it said once. And the only thing I remember about it is that what I think it is, it's not. <laughs> and you know me. I have trouble with stuff that I... You know, don't go to Hawaii with me. It's oh my God, that was the most that was the most harrowing experience. Some of us are not wired for multiple languages. We're just not. <laughs> As my German teacher clearly stated, you know, you do not have a tongue for languages. 
That's, <laughs> that's what my German teacher said. And what I actually figured out later on, uh, God, this is going to be a all over the place show this week. What I found out later on is there's a, I don't want a, a talent, a brain process, a thought process. There's something that other people can do that I simply can't. There's a skill. I don't know what it is. And I, I can't learn it. It's, it's the process of where people, I can hear and understand, but I can't write or speak a foreign language. I can't learn to write or speak. I can learn a word, but I can't learn to... Because the process where people is they, they have to convert it from like I had a friend convert a Rus- from from English to to the to to the other to language they have to, to translate it they to translate trans- the thought it, yes. I can't translate the thought okay and this occurred to me was I used to work with a Russian guy and in order to write in English he could think in English but he couldn't write in English he had to he had to think in Russian translate it to Italian. And then write it, in the, and then translate it from the Italian to English, so he could write it. Good heaven! Which is why he hated writing. <laughs> he hated writing. He hated writing in English because if you had to go through that process, that's a mental process. You have to think about it in Russian, translate that into Italian mentally, so you can write it. Because you can only know how to translate from Italian to English. And, and I'm all impressed because I'm doing Duolingo in <laughs> French and Duolingo. And, and I'm know, all impressed because I couldn't do that. <laughs> so, but we, we all have talents. I have analytical talents other people don't. And it just doesn't make better or worse of a human being. It just means we have. You have different talents. You have different talents. Makes the world interesting. Yeah. yeah. So it's all those various different talents. So anyway, back to today's underlying topic. <laughs> Oh, we were going to do this. Um, you can uh, please send us a letter or whatever. You can contact us at Jazzrec at uh, Twitter. You can contact us at Late Night Love. No, love at latenightlove.us. You can send us a Dear Lubby letter. And you can get us at latenightlove.us. I believe the contact form is working. You can sign up for the newsletter over there. And you can find us on all your social media networks by typing in Late Night Love. Now, now that all the business is done. <laughs> that didn't get done all week. <laughs> now, we didn't do last week's show either, oddly enough, if I went back and we didn't do any of it. We didn't do any of that? We well, you it. said you weren't going to. We didn't do any of the marketing last you week. Said, you said you weren't going to. You said you didn't feel like doing marketing last week. It's because I can't concentrate on multiple things. I can't multitask at the moment. Well, you're doing better this week. Yes, I am. Well, I'm not throwing the conniption fit. I'm not internally throwing. There's not that little part of me throwing the temper tantrum, which actually goes to explain what's going on. We'll get back to kind of the story of the week, our underlying story of the week. Turns out I'm happy. I still can't actually figure out how to properly describe it that will make the audience actually understand where I am. See, I, it's not... If I say it's like an anxiety attack or a panic attack, it's not quite right. It's kind of more than that. But if I say it's a nervous breakdown, it, well, it's I wouldn't go that far either. Can I tell you my observation? Sure. 
you have a, you have anxiety all through the day. Yeah, but I always have anxiety all through the day. That's nothing new. That's my existence. What you're seeing is my inability to cope with it. Well, it's hard for me to explain what you actually, what the, there's the difference. The difference is what you see is, because I don't want to call them filters because that's not quite right. That's why I said there's, I don't have the actual words to describe kind of where I am at the moment. If it's farther along, if... You will in a week. Yes, I'll be able to describe it after a while. Once I can kind of get my head back together. We'll actually describe how I've kind of realized where I was. The other day, a friend of ours was having a big personal event. And I, what was, what, two weeks ago now? God, the time is so, I don't, yes. I have no sense of time. Um, two weeks ago or so, we had talked about it and we wanted to get him on the show before that date. We wanted to do it my TV show we wanted to get him on my TV show uh, before that day and then Friday on the, the you know a notice on the on Facebook timeline popped up at that event and it was literally a shock like wait how in the hell did it get to be that that's not today I literally in my mind our, that conversation that was two weeks ago happened three days ago And then when I went to think about kind of all the various events, the last, what did we figure it out? It was a little, little over two weeks now. I've really kind of been disassociated with time. You know, just, you know, like yes. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. Last week's show feels forever. It feels forever ago. Even though it was only last week. Feels like it was a long time. Come back in the past annals of time. If I didn't actually look and see that it was last week, I wouldn't have believed you. I would have figured I was two or three weeks, two or three shows ago. There's this strange disassociation. Now, this has happened before. This is nothing new. It's the last time it manifested itself is what, five, six years ago? Yes. And I literally couldn't speak. Couldn't talk. All this stuff that I'm talking about now happened. It was just, and I couldn't get it uh. out. It's not like I couldn't think. It's not like I couldn't, ex if the thinking was fine, the panic from not being able to talk was not helping. <laughs> but the, the process was, I was still existing behind that. It's not like I, I just wouldn't, like there was a block. Anyway. And so that's what I'm kind of dealing with this week. I, so I'm all out of sorts. Essentially. But. It is what it is. The show goes on. And we figure we talk about mental health and self-awareness. And, and so we figured it was important. For us to kind of push the show on. Continue on. Discuss about. You know, why we're a little off. And just kind of keep going. Yeah. So, 
If you want to know why I'm feeling a little, why, you know, the show's a little hectic, a little out of sorts today, it's because I'm a little hectic and a little out of sorts today. (laughs) I'm somewhere between an anxiety attack and a, I hate, I don't want to use the term nervous breakdown because I don't think it was ever actually going to get that serious. It could have been. In past times, it could have gotten to the point where it would have hit a nervous breakdown, but. I don't think it's that serious. One, I think we short-circuited it. And two, I think I'm a vastly different person. You know, you say we. We didn't do anything. You do all the internal work, my honey. No, nothing. I can't do internal work without the people who love and support me. Can't happen. I understand how my life works you do all the heavy lifting no i stand on the shoulders of greatness i'm not i'm not passing credit for what i do do but i just okay, understand then. all right then I, i'm not it's it's not i i want to i just want to be clear i'm not saying that i don't do the work other people but no i i can't do the work without the support of okay those. I, I understand that of those who love, you know, we've talked about it the other day. You know, every soldier goes into battle with fifteen people supplying him. You know, I, I go into life with fifteen people supplying me. You know, friends, family, whatever it is. I don't count them, but you know what I mean. Yes. And I don't do this alone. Now, even if they're not here, they're here. None of us go through life alone. Or if we do, it's a tough life. Even those of us who prefer isolation, which is, oddly enough, kind of the solution and the problem. I haven't had a chance. We've kind of dug this down. The maintenance, the mental health maintenance, I haven't been able to do in the last, what, year and a half, two years, simply because COVID. I like to go get isolated for a while. I'll go sit out in the middle of on a camp, in a campground on the side of a mountain, side of a hill, and unplug. And I can describe the process, what you're actually doing. At least for me, I can't for anybody else. It's you're essentially reducing the input so your body can process whatever it's your body and mind can process. got to stop having stuff come in so it can actually finish processing you think of it like a library you know, get all kinds of information comes in and you've got these poor file clerks researchers and cross-referencers going away 24 hours a day <laughs> eventually to get all backed up <laughs> and you need to go off stop bringing in so much information so much things so they can get caught up what's happened now if I think about it I've been under lots of stress and input the last that same time period the same time period where that you know ability to go sit at the side of a mountain has been taken has, you know, has I haven't accessed at the same time I added all kinds of new interesting creative stresses to my life
perfectly fine. I was clearly able to handle it. But I didn't do the second part. Perfectly understandable. COVID came, the lockdowns, the whole nine yards, right? Okay, it happens. The reality is, the consequences of that. And it's not just me. We look around, you know, mental health is a growing problem. There are suicides and have spiked. I don't want to spread any fear, but they've spiked in many places. And that's the end of the chain. You know, it's like a mountain. Suicides are just the most extreme cases of it. If those have spiked, you've got a big, huge mountain supporting it. Like an iceberg. Yeah. You only notice the worst. You don't notice in all those people who have... The base is much, much bigger. And it's... uh, Largely unseen. We don't know how to talk about it. And the reason is, we don't know how to talk about it. If I don't know how to talk about it, how does anybody else? You can talk to mental health professionals. We can talk to psychiatrists and psychologists. And they can talk to us on an individual level. That's fine. That's they're trained at. They can talk to academics about it on an academic level. That's fine. But how do they talk to society about it? It's a marketing problem. And there's no universal marketing solution you can apply to it. We don't even think about it as a marketing problem. But it is. I've been to marketing school. It's a marketing problem. But I don't know how to solve it. (laughs) Hey, I can say it's a marketing problem. Someone needs to solve that. I'm not that great of a marketing pro- I've been to marketing school I'm, you know that's a diffi- that's a creative problem that's a creative marketing person problem we need smart people working on it we need people who are currently working for Coke, Pepsi and you know whatever to start working on suicide prevention how do we do that? I don't know <laughs> Throwing money at the problem doesn't seem like you're going to get the greatest answer. You'd like to say have the government spend some money. Yeah, but historically that's been a poor solution. Because they don't hire the best people. They can't. Not The best people don't want to work under that kind of tightly controlled structure. Artists like freedom. That's why they're artists. It's a difficult problem. I don't know how to solve it. But we can talk about it so maybe smart people hear us and they can start working on it. Putting it out there. Yeah, put it out there. You were willing to start talking about it and, you know, we see. And it's strange. Fifteen years ago, I couldn't leave the house. I had trouble leaving the house. And last year I ran for public office. 
And now this year, <laughs> I'm, I don't want to say back to dealing with, uh, you know, the same issues because it's not really true. But that issue, that anxiety disorder never goes away. If you don't mind the dragon, it turns into one. That little temper tantrum I was talking about, that two-year-old temper tantrum I was having internally, it was telling us something. Mm. Should have listened. Ooh, I can't do that. <laughs> I forget the concussion. I can't kind of move my head. <laughs> I have to be careful about head movements because of the concussion. That's all. No headbanging for you. I, no, I was never a bigger headbanger. It, I was never one who could do that. I don't know. I always never understood. How can people do that? My head would hurt after just a minute. No, I mean the real headbangers, right? The guys, like, how in the hell do you people do that? I just, it, that hurt my head when I was young. And then a few years ago, what? I don't have no sense of time. How long ago did I hit my head? I don't know. I don't know. A long time ago. Five, six years ago? Five, six years God, ago. What the hell happened five, six years ago? <laughs> Everything was five, six years ago. Are we just making shit up? <laughs> a lot happened that year. A lot happened in those first five years. Yes. Things calmed down the last five years. Yes. Just says something. Not sure what it says, but it says something. We made it. We through, made it. We made it through all that turmoil. Because it's not like it was just turmoil, but... At the beginning of a relationship, having that much turmoil of that type, with all the wide variety of pressures and things we were facing, we should probably pat ourselves on the back a little more often than we do. By the way, I love you too. <laughs> I love you, my sweet. All right. So, we are going to start today. We've got a big, nice league lineup, lineup of uh, on the show tonight. Well, we actually don't have traditional topic. We're just talking about kind of human sexuality as a general conversation. We do have the question about if it's fundamentally goofy. Is I think, how did I frame it? I'm going to have to actually go and do the one thing I don't like doing. To go to my own Twitter account. <laughs> oh God damn it! I hate my Twitter. Why does Twitter do that? Ah, it, it took. I was just as I was going to read something. It takes changes it. So, so we're going to talk about the rainbow of of human sexuality. How can something that is so fundamental that impacts our mental and physical health also be so goofy? Goofy is right. I mean. Just the things humans do to to get, knock our rocks off is, if you think about it, it's kind of funny. The trials and tribulations, the things we'll put ourselves through for a, a good time, but a short-term good time. The things we will literally put ourselves through. Well, um, 
I've always been amazed that men, that what men will go through on the, on the off chance that maybe they might get laid. <laughs> That's what it's like. They'll, they'll, they'll go across the state. <laughs> we'll do all kinds of stupid shit. M- maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, for the maybe. <laughs> maybe there's a chance that you can... Roll the dice. You know, all right, let's go. <laughs> we'll try for it. <laughs> Wait, what? And you, you look back. You're 50 years old, and you look back at your 16 year old self, and you're going, "What?" <laughs> you can't even understand the thought process, but. What second. thought process? There was no thought process. Well, for one. There isn't the experience factor. You just don't know enough to know that that all you've experienced in life so far is essentially nothing. What you think is meaningful in life isn't, in the grand scheme of things, as meaningful, nearly as meaningful as you think it is because you haven't had enough experience to be able to put it in proper context. And nobody can tell you jack squat because it's one of those... Life experience is one of those things that you have to experience. And there's a truth to it. You know, parents and grandparents and elders, they can't tell you how the world, your world, a young person's world is. They don't know. No. The world they live in, the world they exist in, is fundamentally different. Different than when we were young. Yes. And we don't understand how different. We understand that it's different. We just don't understand how different it is. And, you know, even those of us who say, well, we understand it's different. I have no idea how different it is. No. And you try, we as parents, we try to raise our children, prepare them for the future world, which I always find is laughable. <laughs> how the hell do we prepare them for the future world? We can't even prepare ourselves for the future world. world. <laughs> And yet we have some arrogance and try to pretend that we're parenting our children for the future world. No, we're trying to raise them to be good human beings and kind of trust that they will build a better place. <laughs> Cross your fingers, yeah. You know, because how do you know what the future needs? We don't know. We can think. But anyway. So... What were we talking about? Human, human sexuality. Yes. No. Okay. So where we're going to start? We're going to start with the dear lovey letter. That's what I was. That's doing. what we're. That's what we're doing. All right. So we had a dear lovey letter today, and dear lovey, how can I keep my feelings in check while casually seeing someone sexually? Any tips or advice? Sign Curia. Uh. I don't see any way around that one. That's a real... There's no tips or advice that I have to offer. Because um, you keep going back and you're going to become emotionally involved. There's it just... It just you become attached. It, you just do. That's a, another goofy thing about human sexuality. You well, don't... Yeah. You you want to hit it once or twice, okay? You have a little pang, but you know if you're going to keep going back, that's a relationship of some form. Yes, 
It may be a casual one, but it's still a relationship. I mean, you may never fall in love, but they didn't say fall in love. They said feelings. Yes. And, well, anytime you've developed a relationship, well, you have feelings, clearly. Actually, you already do because you're asking the question. If you didn't have feelings, you wouldn't know enough to ask the question. Or you already know you have, you've already experienced it and are trying to avoid it in the past. I suppose there is another trying to figure out how to avoid the trap of having feelings and participating in a long-term casual relationship. I'm not saying don't do it, but no, you are going to have feelings. It has its place. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. You just have to understand that your expectation uh, that you're not going to develop feelings, it's just not going to happen. It's not human. If you don't develop feelings, you've got other issues and you need to see a psychiatrist. If you can regularly knock boots with somebody... Enough to the point where you like going there, clearly. Because you don't go to somebody you dislike. Unless you've got psychological problems. For... Right. So, so clearly you have some affection at some level for them. Clearly. You keep going back. You may not love them. You may not have a long-term desire for them. But you clearly already have feelings. And so if you want to say, well, I don't want to have feelings, well, I'm sorry, you're human. You don't get to not have feelings. Best laid plans, right? Yeah, you get to... What you have to do is kind of manage your expectations. Yeah, you're going to have feelings. So what are you going to do with them? That's the question. The question isn't, how do I avoid the feelings? My question is, what do you do with the feelings? How are you going to mitigate them? Or why are you going to mitigate them? Why can't you just have them? What's wrong with feeling sad if you have to, you know, life changes and someone moves? Or, or someone gets into a relationship and you can no longer have that one. Being a little jealous... Being a little hurt, being a little sad. You know, as long as long term, over the grand scheme of things, you're happy that they're happy, then it's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with having feelings. You're going to miss them? Yeah. There's nothing. It's like, and this actually has nothing to do with kind of the question, but it seems to be a pervasive thing. It's like there's people are not comfortable having feelings right now. People are not comfortable with having uncomfortable feelings. They don't want to be sad. They don't want to be unhappy. They don't want to be jealous. They don't want Well, you have to learn to cope with these things. You have to learn to put them in their place. You have to learn to deal with them. I mean, we're human. We have feelings. That's part of the wondrous part of the human experience. I mean, how do you know what love is if you haven't been down in the dumps? How do you know how glorious love is if that's all you've ever experienced? I mean, it's just water. It's air. It's just how life is. The only reason we cherish the good times, 
The only reason we cherish love is because we've had all the other experience. We've had the context. We know how rare it is. We know how important it is. We know how vital it is. We know where all these other things go. Or a self-aware person knows where all these other feelings go. Some people can have complex sexual lives and put all their feelings in their proper place. But what they don't do is not have them. Because that's not possible. Managing these feelings, managing our emotions, managing our nerves. There's no simple path. There's no script. In fact, it changes. How my anxiety disorder manifests itself now changes. Everything changes. Your sexual desires, wants, needs, experiences, changes. What you want over time. Those of us who have uh, experienced trauma and use sexuality as a way to explore it and deal with it and manage it, you know, at some point, a lot of them, they reach a point where they've done the work. You don't really even realize necessarily they've done it. It's all kind of internal. It's all kind of subconscious. And they move on. And they'll go, I don't know why I find I'm not interested in that particular activity I used to participate in. Maybe you're done with it. Maybe you've explored it and used it for what you needed it for. Uh, my, that's changed over my entire life, sexual experience of life, different periods of my life. I wanted and needed different things because I changed as a person. Yeah. Well, there's different periods of your life. You have, you know, you still have sexual needs, but you've got other priorities. And so you're looking for one type of thing. Well, you know, other times you're young. You're still trying, you want to build a family. Much your life goal. Your, your sexual needs are completely different. You know, the sexual needs of someone who's 25, married, and, and, and having a family are vastly different than someone who's 50, divorced, and fancy-free. Free to explore all the things they didn't even think about. Didn't even know they wanted to explore because it just wasn't in their worldview. Not that they missed it. Not that they were, thought they were missing out on anything. It's just, I'm married with kids. You know, <laughs> you know going to the swinger lifestyle isn't really on the, pl on the, on the menu. <laughs> but, you know, at 50, when the kids are at the house, 55 or whatever it is, and the kids are at the house, you know, those kind of things may or may not have more appeal than you would at 30 years old. 
and you're more secure in your per in your person and who you are and all that other stuff. So it's all these things change. Mm -hmm. You know, or you know, you could get all your yeah. Are we gonna do a a, a break? Holy crap! It's time for a break. I told you I have com this completely disassociated with time. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> we are way past our break time. So we will be right back after this message from who's ever sponsoring this show. And we are back. Thank you all for uh, joining around, sticking with uh, today's chaotic show, shall we say. So we've answered our Dear Lubby letter. Did we answer about, did we ask the fundamental question that we're asking tonight? Did we answer if, uh, why is human sexuality goofy well, at the same we, time we, it's important? We delved into it some, yes. But we, <coughs> which is interesting. I was reading, I kind of got a whole laundry list. I'll have to, if I remember, I'll post all of the kind of the show's research because we don't. We don't have like an article we have today. We normally we have an article that we kind of will work off of, but today we've got like seven of them, and it's kind of more research. But I was reading that they say we've only been scientifically studying human sexuality for 125 years. Is that all? Yeah, I find that hard to believe because we have ancient civilizations that were highly sexually advanced. Kama Sutra and well, Tantric. Well, yeah, that too. That wasn't even my thoughts. I was thinking about. Um, here goes my my history brain. Uh, the 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 dancing ladies in the forest. <laughs> dancing ladies in the forest. I that sounds intriguing. Ah, uh, I can't remember. I'd like to go dancing in the forest. No, in ancient times, um, the Druids. Oh, the Greek. No, the Druids. The Druids. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. The Druids. Yeah, the Druids. I think I might be getting it wrong. Anyway, but the it, the, the point was, ancient civilizations have long been exploring sexuality and its meanings in terms of humanity and and its role in the future and the past and. And in a sense, just because they're not using what we define as the modern scientific method doesn't use the word exploring it in a scientific way. We may not have the records, but they were clearly examining the uh, role of human sexuality in both individual culture and uh, health. It's just clear. It goes back as far as we can. Well, it's such a big part of a human existence. It's hard to believe that they that they missed it. You know, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of fundamentally human. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it's not just human. We share the, this this trait, this sexuality trait. It exists across even the animal spectrum. Now. And it manifests. We are animals. Yes, I mean, but it manifests itself manifests itself differently in different animals. You know, there's from fish who just lay eggs and sperm. Yes, fertilize the eggs. But any 
which I think they really get cheated. Well, there's a there's a cost to having to raise young. It's dangerous to you to have to raise young. You have to protect it. You have to feed it. You have to manage it. And so, you know, species man deal with this differently. Some species will lay a thousand eggs, and if one survives, yay! That's their their plan. They don't turtles. Ex- they don't expect to have a thousand offspring. They expect to have a handful. But so they but because each offspring's chance of survival is minuscule, they just lay a crap load. <laughs> it's you know carpet bombing instead of target bombing. Like humans, we raising a baby costs a lot of time and resources. It's very resource intensive. And requires a lot of patience and skill to protect it from animals, the wildlife, and to get it through to adulthood. It requires a lot from us today. But just imagine back in the when you're an ancient human being. Getting that human being from infant to functional to where it can just literally watch itself. It takes, what, three, four years, five years at best? At best. And there's some animals who will literally get born and ten minutes later they're up running around on the Serengeti. Zebras. Yeah. And so there's a cost to raising the, for the humans to be the way we are. We pay a big cost for that. So what's the benefit? And then where does human sexuality come in there? It clearly plays some role. I don't know what. That's researchers' role. But it clearly it plays it plays so much of a fundamental role in everything we do. As a society, as a culture, as animals. It's, it, it, it's kind of weaved throughout all of the human fabric. Which is why when you have these social changes on our views and perspectives on sexuality, it causes such a uh, cultural ripple. And we all look, it's such a minor change. Yeah, but it touches everything. <laughs> and that's why it kind of ripples through. We don't take the time to understand how deep these things run. And why they causes the effects that they do. It's just because it touches almost everything. Or it feels like it touches almost everything. Because it's so deeply personal. We all experience sexuality our own way. We all have our own desires. We all have our own perspectives. We all have our own wants and needs. Two people can do the exact same act and have completely different perspectives on it. Hell, the same person can do the same act and have a different perspective on it depending upon the day, the mood, the context. Well, that's what's so wonderful about it. It's such a rich experience. And it's so diverse. There's no... You go from... It literally goes from A to Z if you really wanted to... (laughs) 
it spans such a wide spectrum. And what we consider, you know what, vanilla, you know, the group, the kind of the, the mass group. Okay. Kind of the mass group. Well, that's actually very practical. It's a very practical position to be in. You kind of do what everybody's always done, and life goes on, kind of like it's always gone on. It's a very practical solution. It's, you know, from a subconscious species type of thing. You go along to get along. You just do what everybody else is doing. Yes. Yeah. Those of us who have or play on the edges from time to time, <laughs> you know, have played on the edges or, or whose experiences... Yes. Yeah, you know, those of us who have, say, what you say more interesting sex lives, at, you know, or, or who've had, have had, more have had, have had, or who do have, or all the various... Who enjoy the <laughs> rich experience of exploration for a time, yes. Yeah, and these things can evolve. They come in and they come out, and, you know, who knows. I'm one of those who I never write the future script, because God, every time I try to write a freaking future script, I... It, it always gets thrown away. So I've just stopped writing them. <laughs> well, my life's going to be like this for the... No, fuck it. No, I'm not right. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> it's a surefire way to be wrong. I, just, I'm not, I don't predict the future. But, personally, but, you know, lots of people do. Lots of people know what they've, they've done. They know more or less where they want to go and they know where their life is. So you don't have to answer these kind of questions about your sexuality. It just is. But for those who are young and you're literally just learning about your sexuality, you don't even have enough context to understand what your sexuality necessarily is yet. In a sense, I didn't understand what... I couldn't put my sexuality in proper context until I was like 40. I literally had to kind of experience the wild thing and kind of settle down and do the family thing and then kind of get out of the family, not having a relationship to understand kind of where everything belongs and where it doesn't and, and kind of become long-term comfortable with wherever I happen to be. 40 may be a little late, but it was getting near there. 35? Somewhere between 35 and 40. I was never confused. You know, a lot of people say they're confused, being bisexual people. Or was there, you know, are you confused? No. I'm not confused at all. <laughs> confused? No, I'm not confused. <laughs> no! <laughs> I don't have any questions about my sexuality. I'm perfectly clear. <laughs> I've never understood that. Remember that I was on TV. This is the kind of thing. This is that one of those things about human sexuality that I just, I just find weird. I'm on TV and we're having a discussion about something, and I was talking. It says, you know, as someone who's bisexual, and we had a discussion about some political issue. I don't even remember what the hell the issue was. And apparently, family was watching, and <laughs> and there goes, yeah, it's so brave for you to come out. What are you talking about? I've never, I've never been into anything. I'm, I, what are you I've talking about? I've never been in. 
<laughs> you have to be in a closet to come out of a closet. I've never been in a closet. I it just, I don't understand. <laughs> well, from the female perspective, um, I, I evolved, I still felt I was evolving and exploring off and on, given life circumstances up until menopause. Menopause really changed, there was a shift in gears. And it was an adjustment period for me. And, uh, but now it's been a couple of years and things have settled down even more. And I just feel, I feel content. I'm happy. Now, I guess, I guess theoretically, I'm theoretically by then. I get technically. I don't. <laughs> you what? I guess technically, I'm theoretically by because it's been well over a decade. Okay, well, I'm bisexual, and because <laughs> I go by the definition, are you attracted to both men and women? Yes, I am. Okay, then you're bi. <laughs> well, it's, it's, yeah, like I said, it's more theoretical than kind of a practical. Well, then you could get the chat thing, are you actively bi? Actively bi. Yeah, my bi's active. God, <laughs> I don't turn it off. It didn't change. The flip, the switch didn't flip. Yeah, well, yeah, just, you know, you, you get in a relationship. Well, you don't stop finding half the rest of the world unattractive or uninteresting or simply because you're in a relationship. Relationship. <laughs> yeah, your sexuality doesn't turn off. You just focus it. Yes, I made a choice. And it, it's an easy choice because... I'm, I'm still, I still got those rose colored glasses. I'm still in love, baby. I am so freaking lucky. So what about, but is that actually the answer? Because there's people who are in love and they have, shall we say, adventurous, more interesting sex lives. Well there's, nothing well, there's nothing wrong with that as long as everybody agrees. And that's the difficult thing in those kind of relationship is making sure everybody actually is on the same page yeah because it's so easy for one person to kind of go along or agree without not really agreeing or something it's there's so many compl it's one of those things you're just adding complications you're adding another layer to me yeah that's what i've been in in polygamous relationships before and it does it adds another layer and it's, you know, I like things simple. Thank you. As I get as I get older, I want less fuss. I want <laughs> falderall, a lot of hoo ha. I can do without it. You know, <laughs> and I think basically, uh, I I mean, I did explore those types of relationships, but I'm I'm. I'm more I'm content with monogamy. That's just I. That's just me. Yeah. Well, that's why they say there's no right or wrong answers. It's your answers. Yes. Yeah. That's what's right for you in your relationship and your life. It's not about what other people do, because other people have things that are right for them at that period of time. 
It's not a wholesale. That's the thing I've never actually understood. There's kind of these people who have the whole... It's Their whole identity is essentially wrapped up in their sexuality. I've never got that. But clearly, it, there's something about them that I don't understand. Their sexuality is more powerful in them. It's just Apparently, yeah. Just like yeah, anybody yeah. else. You know, just like people who are driven to be... Well, I always wonder, are they going through a period of something that they're trying to work through? You know, are they always going to be that intense on their sexuality? I don't think so. Well, some do. But I, and some have things that they're working through, and, and but some are just that way. True, there are some that are just that way. And and how does the rest of us supposed to know? <laughs> I mean, a lot of we, a can, lot of we can't relate, but we can we can accept. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I don't understand why you would want to have so much of your identity tied to your sexuality when your sexuality evolves so much it seems like you're kind of tying your sexuality you're chaining it into place but just because I don't there's so much of what people experience through life that I don't understand how am I supposed to make judgments about how other people experience what their life experience is hell I can't even experience food the same way the rest of the world does and this is pre-concussion it actually occurred to me before my concussion that I don't taste food the way the rest of the world does. But I'm not alone. There's a reason all of us, people like steak cooked differently. Some people like it cooked all the way through. Some people like it, you know, essentially still mooing. There's a reason some of us like ranch dressing instead of Italian dressing or or all the various stuff. There's a reason some people like spicier foods and some people like saltier foods. Or some people like bland foods, or some people prefer sugar foods. There's, we all experience these flavors differently, but we don't know how to relate. When someone has a hot dog and they eat a hot dog, we all kind of assume that everybody experiences that hot dog more or less the same. But the flavor of that hot dog is more or less the same. We all make that assumption. That they all kind of experience it, that a hot dog tastes more or less the same to them as it tastes to me. That's wrong. And it's clearly wrong. It's not even a question that it's wrong. If we all taste, tasted it the same way, we would all prepare them the same way. Or we would all like them. We would all not like them. But we don't. We all have this vast rainbow of flavors. You know, Baskin-Robbins has 31 flavors because their customers demand the variety. Because some people don't like vanilla. Some people don't like chocolate. Some people want strawberry. Some people don't taste chocolate or vanilla or strawberry the same way other people do. It's a fundamentally different flavor to them. It doesn't taste the way we think it does. That's something I experience every day. Anytime I eat anything, I kind of do it knowing that if I pay attention to the flavor, I 
have a completely different experience than anybody. Nobody does. Even people with similar head injuries who taste thing. We don't taste food the same way as each other. The experience is completely different. Because the taste buds are only part of the equation. It's interpretation and cross signals and blah, the, you know, the factor is huge. <laughs> the theoretical equation is huge. And, you know, human sexuality is the same way. Your individual sexuality, how it manifests itself, is a, to kind of put a metaphor, it's a long algebraic equation with all various factors that change, evolve. You, know, you get to put in some inputs. You get to make some changes. But a lot of it is based upon things that we don't understand. Nature, nurture, combination. You know, how much does it matter? What does it matter if someone's a way they are because of nature or because of nurture? What business is it of ours? They're the way they are. Do they hurt anybody? Are they making the world a better place? Hmm? Who they sleep with, the type of activities they partake in within their own closed doors is not really relevant to the rest of our lives. But it is. Well, because it's relevant to their life. And the happier they are, the happier their communities are. And that's part of the human sexuality equation we don't actually think about very much. From ourselves, to our culture, to whatever, is that being happy with yourselves sexually, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, from asexual, people who are just are not completely interested in sex, have no interest in sex, as long as you're happy, as long as you're happy not thinking about sex, to, you know, the people who are sex workers and, you know, are out helping other people with their sexuality. As long as you're all happy, the world will be a better place. And, you know, we're all here to make the world a better place. We talk about love. Sexuality is part of our love. But it's not the only part. Be kind to each other. Love each other. But have a good time. And when we say love everybody, we don't mean it literally. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wear your protections <laughs> take your bills <laughs> all the stuff you do <laughs> good night and love everybody <laughs>